content is the gift that keeps on giving. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain. What comes first, SEO or website design? Is it essential for SEO and website design to work closely together? And what's the future for SEO? These are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Chris Von Nieder. Chris, welcome to DMR. Thanks, David. Pleasure to be here. Well, Chris is the founder of ROI4My.com, a website design and SEO service provider based in Arizona. So, Chris, you got involved in website design way back in 1998. How did you end up building an interest in SEO? Well, it's great that you're able to build websites, David, but of course, uh, if no one knows about your website um, or no one is finding your website, then that really kind of defeats the purpose. So, of course, if you're if you're building a website to grow your business or to you know, make money, earn revenue, or, or to provide services for a client, you've got to get people to the site and get them to perform the actions that you want when they arrive at the site in order to be successful. Wow. Well, that's a very progressive website design service provider because I've certainly seen a lot of websites that um, visually look appealing, but if you look behind the source code, they're absolutely scary in terms of being optimized to be found in Google. <laughs> yeah, well, that definitely can be the case. And you had mentioned, uh, you know, when a, when a website is being developed, you know, how important is it to have the, the SEO required elements in place? And so, for example, if you're developing your website and you don't have things like your heading tags properly formatted according to Google's Webmaster Guidelines, well, that can impact your search engine rankings and and decrease the amount of traffic to your site. And, and Google makes it pretty easy. They provide Webmaster Guidelines and a terrific SEO starter guide that if you if you just read that and apply the principles that they're uh, kind enough to pass along, um, in most cases, you can build a, a pretty nice website and and have it rank well in the search engines coming out the gate. Do you see yourself predominantly as an SEO now or um, really as a combination between um, SEO and, and good website design? Uh, I would say a combination at this point. Um, I mean, if, because both types of services kind of appeal to different sides of my of my brain, you've got the um, creative side, which I love to, you know, build things and and design things and then put them out there for the world to see. But then there's the technical side um, of my personality that enjoys the challenge of trying once launching that website and putting it out there for the world to see, making it successful as a business and bringing traffic to it because it's it's very rewarding if you're successful bringing traffic to a site. So do you favor any particular CMS for building a website? Well, I hate to I I hate to uh I hate to agree with the masses, but I love WordPress and we do everything in WordPress. <laughs> right, right, okay. So did you start out in WordPress or have you progressed towards that? Progressed to WordPress. I mean, years ago there was no WordPress. There really wasn't any CMSs. Um I mean, back when I got started in the late 90s, you sat down and you wrote code. You know, you wrote the HTML tags, mm-hmm. you wrote the heading tags, the you know the title, the body tags, and and you and you did you you had to create each page of the website individually. So of course, over the years, things have developed and standards have been set, and WordPress just makes it fantastically easy 
to uh, put together well-organized SEO efficient websites that are beautiful also. So do you find new clients that come to you actually know about WordPress and request WordPress sites from you or do you have to educate your prospective clients um, about the existence of WordPress? Great question. Interestingly enough, um, even though WordPress is the predominant CMS out on the web, a lot of my clients have not heard about it or are not familiar with it. And it's a pretty easy sale when I explain what the benefits are to them uh, and their business by us using the WordPress platform. So do you design bespoke themes or do you use um, existing theme frameworks and, and build designs on top of that? Most of our clients are small businesses with not real big budgets. So, you know, theme development, um, you know, creating themes from scratch could be costly and, and possibly out of their budget. So typically what we do is we find a theme that's uh, that's already been developed and then mold it into what the client's um, vision is for their website. And of course, the vision would also include what the goals of the website are. So that's part of part of the molding process is making sure the website is going to deliver the results they want. So in general, do you find that they're coming from a position of having an existing website, but it is perhaps a static HTML site that, um, that is, is, is just a, a simple few pages intended um, as, as a few sales pages, um, and then you're moving them onto WordPress from that, or do they not have any web, uh, online pres presence whatsoever? Well, I, I, amazingly enough, there are still static um, HTML websites out there, so we do get we do get a few of those. Sometimes we get hybrids, where someone may have an HTML website and then they they may use WordPress for a a portion of their website. For example, we have a client that that has a static HTML website, but they wanted to add a shopping cart to their site, so they they molded in WordPress and they're using a shopping uh, shopping cart plugin to provide that functionality. But then in other cases, they may already have a WordPress website that just really, it, it was more so a do-it-yourself effort where they heard that WordPress is really easy to work with. So they set up a WordPress site themselves. And even though a novice that doesn't understand website development and coding can put together a pretty decent website with WordPress, a lot of times it's just not quite nice enough or it's not delivering the results they want and they, they come to us for that. Okay, and you mentioned e-commerce there um, and an e-commerce plugin for WordPress. Do you find that um, if a business wants to sell products online, then generally a plugin for WordPress will suffice in terms of e-commerce? It does now, but I think that's really only happened in, I would say, like the last year or so because uh, a few years ago, um, I had a couple of clients that you know that wanted an e-commerce presence, and um, at least as far as WordPress goes, there really wasn't anything that that I was able to find that was um, that would meet the, the needs of a of a e-commerce site, and really one that was customizable enough and had all the features that that my clients uh, would want. But now there's a terrific plugin out called WooCommerce, which is very popular and and uh, it's got a lot of extra functionality that you can purchase that will give it all the different functionality and, uh, and appearance that my clients are looking for. Okay, um, so you're still finding that there are a lot of um, enhancements that, that, that are being made within WordPress and obviously by independent um, WordPress theme and, and plugin developers at the moment. Exactly. Well, that's one of the great things about WordPress. I mean, number one, it's free. Number two, 
you've got thousands of plugin developers that are continually putting together some really fantastic uh, extra functionality for WordPress. And sometimes I even ask myself, wow, this is such a fantastic plugin. Why are they offering it for free? But the general model it seems for most of the serious plugin developers is they provide a free version of their plugin and then there's upgrades or there's enhancements that you can purchase and and that's how they earn their revenue. Okay, um, so someone's getting the WordPress site um, up and running, published for the first time. What would you say are the, the two or three absolutely essential plugins that that site has to have? Uh, great question. Well, I would start with uh, the Yoast SEO uh, or Yoast SEO for WordPress plugin. So that particular plugin is it, it works very well for um, for assisting someone that doesn't really understand SEO to getting a good SEO foundation in place for their for their website. And so when I say assisting, what I mean by that is if you understand SEO, then the Yoast SEO plugin is really just kind of an enhancement, or it makes it easy easier for you to put in place, kind of like what you already know. But if you know nothing about SEO, it, it, it can help the novice properly structure their website for SEO. Uh, another important plugin, which actually has just, you know, just had a change, is developed by Automatic, the, the makers of WordPress itself, and it's called Akismet. And Akismet's function, and this is not specifically for SEO, but its function is to prevent comment spamming or really spamming on your website or your blog, which if you don't have a Kismet on your website or if you don't have some type of a um, uh, spam blocking uh, software on your website, you will very quickly see just how many bots are out there running around the web attempting to do really what is considered SEO by filling your website full of comments that contain links to, you know, to other other websites out there. So Akismet is a terrific plugin, but they have recently gone to a paid model, which is brilliant by automatic because of course just about every WordPress site out there uses Akismet. Mm. <laughs> so they recently went to a paid model. So I think what's happening now is people are going to start pulling away from Akismet and looking for you know, looking for free solutions. So we've started to, uh, we've started to research that as well as is is uh, free free solutions to replace the Kismet. And I would have to say another plugin that I think um, is critical. And there's a lot of these plugins out there, but you've got to have analytics installed on your website. So by analytics, I mean you can use Google Analytics or you can use other paid services out there, but basically you need to know how traffic is coming to your site, how much traffic is coming, uh, what people are doing on your website when they arrive, what are the most popular pages. So really just finding a plugin like Yoast, for example, who I mentioned earlier um, that offers the SEO plugin. They also have a terrific, terrific analytics plugin. And we typically always install those three plugins to begin with on, on just about every website we develop. Okay, and uh, it sounds like you deal with um, a lot of businesses who are installing WordPress for the first time or using that um, as a CMS for the first time. Um, so what kind of um, ongoing content publishing strategy would you recommend for a business that's, that's fairly new to um, publishing content online? Well, I think number one, and this could be a critical step that's get, that gets missed a lot, is 
you've got to identify who your target audience is. In other words, who, who do you want to speak to out there and why do you want to speak to them? So, for example, if you're if you're uh, you know if you're trying to sell red widgets, but for whatever reason your your content strategy, your content marketing strategy is talking to people that like blue widgets, well, you're not going to get the result you're looking for. So, number one, identify your target audience, and then come up with a content plan that speaks to them, or really that is going to offer that target audience uh, value. So. In other words, you've got to um, you got to get their attention and and preferably keep their attention long term. But you can do that in a number of different ways. You can provide useful content to your audience, but then you can also provide entertaining content. I've had great success producing entertaining content and uh, to a target audience and bringing traffic to a site that way. But the most important thing is you today is you do have to have a content and content marketing strategy in place. It's critical to success. So how often should a business be publishing content on their website? Uh, I recommend two to two to four times a month if possible, but two to four times a month is would more so be a blog strategy. So blogging is a terrific way and a very effective way to bring traffic to your website. But there's really two types of content that you could be producing for your website. You can be adding new pages to your website, um, which would would be content that is uh, I think structured or focused towards providing useful and necessary information to your audience. And then your blog strategy should vary or your blogging strategy should vary and you may focus more so on um, informational content on your blog. But really the point is add new content as often as you possibly can and then and then try to market that content to your target audience out on the web. Okay, so make sure you have a content strategy. And a content strategy, of course, involves keyword phrases as well. Do you recommend that a business researches keyword phrases even prior to having a new website developed? Um, great question. I would say not necessarily because a great website is, uh, it's going to do two things. It's going to um, sell whatever you're selling or really, I guess, engage your audience, um, but it also has to function to the search engine. So typically what I recommend to my clients is build your website primarily around your audience. Build your website in a way that that it's going to appeal to them, that it's going to give them the information they want, and that it's going to meet your goals. And then, and then the SEO, or really the you know the the mechanics of the website, can be molded around that. I don't think I'm I'm doing a very good job of, of explaining that. But typically, what we recommend is write for your audience first, and then we'll come back around and we'll merge in keywords and uh, and the words that we've identified um, that are searchable, or really that your audience is entering into the search engines. We'll come back around, merge those into what you've already wrote in order to make sure your content is appealing to the search engines and will bring traffic. Right, okay. So as long as if you've got a decent website that's designed in a code-efficient manner and SEO'd in that um, whatever content that you produce, um, it's likely 
to have a chance of appearing in Google search results. As long as your site, site is designed like that, then no need to think about your keywords beforehand. You can, you can come up with a content and keyword strategy after that. Yes, because um, most likely the keywords that are going to work well for your business are, are ones that you're already using. You know, or ones that you've already planned to be included in the website. So a lot of times what we found is we just need to take what the client is already planning and tweak it a little bit. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes um, in terms of um, obviously website design techniques, uh, but also the way that um, Google starts to rank different websites, Google's algorithm, and therefore SEO techniques as well. Um, over the last few years, we've had the involvement of responsive design thanks to um, so many tablets and mobile devices being used and the really incredible increase in the number of different screen sizes um, that people have used. Because obviously, five, six years ago, um, we maybe just had one or two, four pixel wide screens to design to. <laughs> and that, right. and that's all, 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 that, that was the only concern back then. But, but now you have to have a website that looks good on so many different devices. Obviously, a, a business has to ensure that their site um, looks good in smartphones and tablets. Um, but is there anything else coming down the pipe in ter terms of website design and SEO um, that a, a business needs to be concerned about, do you think? Wow, great question. Coming down the pike. Well, I guess, I guess really what it boils down to is um, no one really knows what direction they're going to take devices next. I mean, who would have thought, you know, five years ago that we'd have something like smartphones, that we'd have incredibly, incredibly powerful devices, uh, you know, like what we have today that we can hold in the palm of, of our hands. I mean, I use a, I use a phone that's basically a, a tablet and a phone and it's pretty big by, by phone standards and it renders websites beautifully because it's, it's basically a handheld computer. Um, <clears throat> but as far as what's coming down the pike, like I said, I mean, who who can really say? I don't think. I mean, the good news is, is we've gotten smaller. We've gotten small enough where I don't think anyone's going to keep trying to go. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm about to stick my foot in my mouth because uh, <laughs> I was just having a conversation with a with a uh, a colleague earlier today, and he was talking to me about he was considering getting one of these um, Apple wristwatch uh, phone devices. So I was about to say I don't think screens are going to be getting any smaller, but you know now we're looking at watches that potentially have screens on them. So that could bring a whole new uh, a whole new challenge to our industries if we got to start optimizing websites for a one inch by one inch screen. <laughs> <laughs> Please let that happen. It's already challenging enough. Well, I, I can't imagine um, a website being responsive enough to target a one inch by one inch device that, that would be quite impressive yeah wow well, yeah I, I can't imagine having to make it response for <laughs> one inch by one inch it's 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 funny because i remember watching a video um probably from about 10 years ago of um steve jobs and bill gates having a discussion and um them both being asked the question um you know what what's the future for devices and um bill gates saying something like um people don't really want a tablet type advice we've tried it before it it it, it doesn't really work holy and, cow <laughs> and uh 
<laughs> I think it was just a, 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 a short time, obviously, before the um, the, the iPad eventually launched. And uh, you could see uh, Steve Jobs just sitting there, just, uh, yes, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe not wanting to give a, give away anything at all. But um, uh, it, it it is exciting and a little bit scary to, to think what what might happen in the future. And, and it's a really tough question. So thanks for taking a stab at it. Well, let me chime in with one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, David, one of the thing I thought of um, while you were telling me that story is now we've got Google Glass coming along. Mm. Technically, what you have there is you've got a screen that's about the size of your eyeball. You know, and everyone's convinced that eventually we're going to be embedding chips in our bodies, you know, the Google, Google controls as well. <laughs> but who knows? That could be something that comes down the pike as well, is at some point people are going to start asking us, well, is, is my web, so, website optimized for Google Glass? Incredible. Well, that's your thoughts on um, really website design and, and SEO today and um, how it's evolving. But um, let's move on to the second part of our discussion, and that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and where it's going. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Uh, you know, amazingly enough, Google Analytics is a fantastic free tool, and I, you know, we install it on every website that we build for clients. Uh, I use it to, you know, to gather the data on my own website and see what's going on, and and it's Google Analytics is a critical tool. I I, I can't see being able to do business without it. And granted, there's other types of analytics software out there. But Google's been doing it so long, and their data, frankly, is so good, and it's constantly evolving as well, that I don't see us changing in the foreseeable future. So, so that's one. Another one we use is one called My SEO Tool, which you can find at myseotool.com, and it's a terrific. It's a terrific tool to get. It's more so for quick snapshots of what's going on with our clients' websites versus down deep and dirty data so for example it gives me a quick snapshot on keyword rankings in the search engines quick snapshot on analytics analytics meaning you know traffic to to and from the website um, you know popular pages things like that but what's great about it is also includes the ability to track um, PPC campaigns because we do also do some um, uh, Google AdWords pay-per-click and then uh, it also includes social media um, activity, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus, and so forth, and what type of interacting is happening with that. And I've got two more, and I'll make them real quick. One, another one I like is, uh, or another one that's critical to our business is actually a pro is actually project management software, and I've been using the same one for I think close to five years now, and it's called um, Intervals, and they're at myintervals.com, and this software from day one has been. Um, has done an amazing job at keeping uh, keeping us organized as far as what work we're doing for which clients and and the progress and uh, the progress of the work we're doing and and uh, and also as a communication tool between me and my team. And lastly, we've already talked about it. WordPress. WordPress. I, I can't say enough about it. It's it's made my job a lot faster and easier, and we're we're able to deliver fantastic SEO optimized websites thanks to those guys. And what software don't you use at the moment, but you've heard good things about and you've intended to try perhaps at some point in the future? 
Um, I like HubSpot. Uh, it looks like fantastic software. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Um, I receive their their uh, their blog publications and they publish a lot of very valuable information. So so it seems to me like um, the software could be very valuable to a business. It, it's pricey and, and that's the only reason I've, I've held back on not diving in with both feet. But I'd sure like to get a look at it at some point in the near future. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Sure. So what I wish I would have done differently um, is had a plan uh, as far as marketing the website. So a lot of times you may think, well, I need a website and and I know what my goals are as far as um, you know what I want to sell or what the, what the purpose of that website. But uh, I didn't have a plan as far as marketing it. So really it would be a matter of um, developing a plan to market the website or really to market whatever product or service the website provides. Included in that plan, I need to figure out who my target audience is and how to reach them and execute that plan. And then finally, and most importantly, track the results of that activity. And um, do you see many other people that start in digital marketing nowadays making that same kind of mistake and just um, not really having a plan? I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think people are a lot more educated now as far as websites and the fact that they need a marketing plan. And now we've got so because see the 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 amount of information that's available today is much different than back in you know. Um, I got started in SEO around 2004, 2005. There's a lot more information that's available today. So, so before you build that website, you've kind of already you're you already know you've got to have a plan because everyone out on the web is talking about it. Whereas in the past, um, all of this information didn't exist because really the internet itself was still in its infancy. Hmm. Best advice I've ever received. So, what's the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? Um, it kind of goes like this, David. It's similar to the stock market. Diversify. Um, don't focus all your effort uh, on one source. And I think the mistake that a lot of marketers make today, and I do think it's changing and in, in, uh, over time, is don't focus all your effort on, for example, Google. You know, or Google search. I mean, Google has you know, what is it, 72% of the search share um, on the internet. So everyone just focuses on Google. You got to diversify your marketing plan. So you've got to have a content strategy. You've got to market your content. You've got to put some time and energy into social engagement, you know, building an audience through sources like Facebook, Twitter, and and Google Plus. And then email marketing is still a fantastic way to uh, to, to build your audience and continue to engage with them. And then I want to give an honorable mention to Facebook's advertising platform, which is which is growing and I think is a very effective way to uh, to build traffic to your website. So keep an eye on your analytics and um, see where your visitors are coming from and see how your visitors are converting from different sources and then be willing to actually ramp up the quantity of visitors or the amount of advertising that you're doing in those different places that happen to be converting better. Exactly. So um, the next round is... The this or that round. And that's 10 quick questions. Uh, try not to think about the answer too much. We're just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Email or Twitter? Email. 
Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Online press releases. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Good one. App. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Well, it, de- it depends on the situation, really. That's a tough one. I would just say local marketing. Okay. <laughs> 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 Let's move on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on one single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? You know, that's a pretty easy one, David. Um, My experience has been that you can't go wrong with developing um, quality content for your website. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, And and this is one of the reasons why our clients have never been penalized by Google. Um, You know, we don't engage in any spammy, spammy activity. Our focus has always been around creating quality content. And the the reason I say that is because um, content is the gift that keeps on giving. So basically you can create, uh, if you create a good piece of content, it will, it will continue to bring traffic to your website uh, over and over and over again, month after month, and you only had to make an investment one time in order, f- in, in order to receive those results and that benefit. But included in that, um, you know, kind of a rundown of what the plan is, it would be create a content development plan. Most importantly, create the content. Don't just come up with a plan, but create the content, which you can use money to hire writers, for example, to do that for you uh, versus trying to write all the content yourself. Have a content marketing plan in place for that content. So don't just put the content on your website. Tell, tell the world about it. Tell your audience about it. And then just as important is if you are bringing new people to your website, if you're bringing new traffic to your website, put a system in place that is going to create the ability to continue to engage with them. So try to capture their email address or some information about them so that you can continue reaching out to them. And then uh, there's also email marketing and remarketing. So in short, I would take the $10,000, put all the components in place to have that system working for me on my website. My number one takeaway. (laughs) Well, um, Chris, you've offered... A lot of information today. We've talked obviously about SEO, about um, good website design, about the importance of content, um, and then laterally there about um, getting your conversion rates uh, right, really, and email marketing as well. But um, what's the number one takeaway? What's the number one thing that our listeners need to go away and implement within their, their own businesses? The name of my company is ROIforMy.com. And the reason uh, I named the company that is because it's easy to uh, it's easy to lose focus on the most important thing that you should have your eye on with, uh, with your website, which is ROI. What is the return on investment that you're getting from the activities that you're performing? And in the last question, you had asked how we would measure our success with our content development or content marketing plan. At the end of the day, 
are you getting what you want from your marketing activities from your website? What's the return on that investment? Just because you're getting traffic doesn't mean you're getting conversions. Just because you're getting calls doesn't mean you're getting conversions. Um, are you getting what you want by spending the time on your website that you're doing? Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. Thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, you can reach us at roiformy.com. That's our website. That's ROI, the number four, and then dot com. Um, you can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ROI for my and twitter.com at ROI for my. And of course, you're always welcome to pick up the phone and, and give us a call at 480-382-7644. Great stuff. Thanks again, Chris. All right. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio.